0: I give all my respect to the audience and I appreciate the audience coming to my boxing fights and cheering me, especially family and friends sure sure that's very different yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but but um, speaking truthfully I don't give a shit about the audience when I box like mm. I don't just I don't just give a, crap. a yeah. crap about who's watching and the intensity that they give me of course it's there i I do acknowledge the audience I do I I love the audience, How, ho- however, when I'm in my boxing shoes, going to a boxing ring, I forget about the audience. Being in the fifth grade, seventh grade, I was normally smaller than the other guys in my, in my classes. So, yeah, I felt like I did not, ac- I did not accept bullying easily, you know? Mm. And um, I would normally fight back and get beat up, <laughs> although I'm fighting back. And, you know, g- being in that phase, it pushed me to learn boxing.
1: Yeah.
0: And even, like, to be honest, like, coming from from a background where all of my siblings and my, my brothers, my cousins, were older than me. So being in that, in that environment yeah. made me more mature than the people in my age, or at least that's how I felt. So accepting being in the same mentality of the people who are in my age in school yeah. they, they would take uh, joking as a normal thing they would you know be kids while I was more of a, I had that I'd say I felt mature more mature so I wouldn't accept uh, you know kids playing around with me or you know pushing me or or you know like uh, just Mess, messing around or, b- or bullying me so I would fight back on this on the most basic things and and I, d- I didn't like it I didn't like t- I was smaller and everything so I took on boxing I said I wanted to learn something that that would allow me to defend myself phys- physically and that was in school
2: and and uh, how did you find boxing did you not I mean did somebody introduce it to you Gal Ali oh this interesting.
0: is yeah actually my brother uh, he was five okay. years older And he used to do Muay Thai at first. That's exactly what we mentioned earlier, by
2: the way, off camera, and how he chose boxing rather than any other uh, industry or or martial arts. Yeah.
0: So at first it was Muay Thai. It was not boxing. Boxing was not famous in Bahrain at all. Yeah. Uh, Especially back in 2013, 2012, boxing was not existing in Bahrain. So the only sports that were, the martial arts that were famous was Muay Thai and other martial arts as well. So my brother was doing Muay Thai. He was five years older than me. I was always interested in fighting. So I went on with him to the gym a couple of times and then I I actually becau- became a member in a uh, in gym. Uh, and then two years later, we s- converted from Muay Thai to boxing, which was a complete new sport. And I found that boxing was, uh, w- I d- it just happened. Like I went through the path and boxing st- stayed and then my brother stopped boxing um, five years later, and then I continued boxing. So he stopped boxing, he went to another hobby, and I took on the sport. A-
2: and w- now looking back on it, w- what you thought boxing was, when the flam and movies and mm. TV shows, of boxing matches, yeah. and what it is in reality, how much of it was different from your expectations?
0: Interesting. So uh, to be honest, I w- wasn't inspired from movies to box. I, I wasn't the type of person who was inspired from movies to take on boxing. It just weird. It just happened naturally, you know. I, I wasn't even into other sports. Can you even be yeah. a boxer if you don't like Rocky? I feel like yeah, that's right? a cardinal it's sin. It's <laughs> uh, exactly. It's just it just I w- wasn't in that path of you know getting inspired from movies, but. After boxing, I started watching boxing movies. It wasn't the other way around. Okay, no. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and to be honest, boxing movies is nothing like boxing. Like, most of it is just nonsense, Nonsense. to be honest. Like, it, it doesn't refl- reflect the true sport. M- at least m- most of the movies, in my opinion. D- Dan, yeah. can you look up, who, who was the one who, who
2: uh, uh, was the main actor again in Rocky? I forgot his name. Do you know who he wrote that film? who wrote that film yeah he wrote it Sylvester oh, Stallone he wrote it okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, that I, makes sense right when I, you look at I've heard that actually yeah, yeah when yeah, you look yeah. at him <laughs> and then you like really see that movie you're like yeah yeah
0: that's that's <laughs> Sylvester Stallone that's definitely he's the one who definitely wrote oh, that he's a legend to be honest and Rocky is definitely I agree a yeah classic movie.
2: I mean it's yeah. a good movie not so much I think a good boxing yeah, movie you yeah. know I don't think it, it it shows really the life of a
0: boxer yeah but to be honest it's it's the best out of them, I'd say. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because the story behind it, the the, cl- the classic approach is just, it makes it different.
2: Do you do, you do yeah. it, have you tried any of the, the, the Rocky training montages ever?
0: Never. Not Never. Not, not yet, at least. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't beaten meat or gone to like some Siberian uh, country to cut wood? Oh, oh, that, well, when I have to cut weight for my fights, when I run, and specifically in the winter, I always imagine myself as Rocky. So no, really, subconsciously I think. No, <laughs> yeah.
2: do you have that <laughs> yeah. that soundtrack playing in your head? <laughs>
0: oh yeah, that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs>
2: you, yeah. For for uh, for I mean I know that you're right now, Mashallah You're in the national league. Congratulations. Uh, oh, how is that? Tr- how was that transition from going from Hey, you know what? I'm doing this as a as a hobby, as for myself, oh, and then representing your country
0: that's an interesting question actually uh what happened is that uh, the boxing national team was only established in 2019. sure so i've been boxing since 2013. between those years i was i had two major gyms that um that i was involved in first one was jd boxing i was in jd boxing training from um 2013 to 2015. then i switched to Bahrain boxing club now Bahrain boxing club uh, was interesting because it was the turning point from being um, a Bahraini boxing enthusiast slash hobby boxer to being something of a, um, um, let's say, having more uh, skill in my game. So you don't consider yourself as a pro? Oh, no, no, I'm not a professional.
2: You don't consider th- yourself in your head that you're, you're professional in your craft?
0: i'd say when you say professional there are two meanings. you see it could be professional boxing and the other one is being professional in terms of representing yourself exactly yeah number two i would say number two yes of course definitely i always take my sport seriously and you know i didn't have the entertainment as something i was really hooked up with you know so boxing was was my entertainment was everything to me and then switching and having International exposure from uh, my co- Coach Camiso, who's who's an Olympian himself. He was coaching me, and he brought uh, he brought to me the you know the professional the passion mindset and uh, being beyond average as a boxer. So he came to me with that mindset, and he gave to me that through his teachings and through his classes. And of course, that was because of uh, of my mentor. Uh, he he was a Bahraini gym owner's name is Tarak Adul Rahman, and he d- he's the one who initiated that process of scholarship, of, of sponsoring me as a boxer, and um, allowing me to uh, get the exposure and everything. So big thanks to my coach, Tarak Adrahman and also my big brother, Coach Kamiso, who uh, who brought me from a level A to a level B and C, and, and, and up
2: yeah. Masha'Allah, mashallah. because it w- how different was it for you? going from 2013 to 2019, you know, you started to get, and you go, hey, you know what, I want to take this more from a hobby, from from something I enjoy, and I want to now make something out of it. I want to, you know, become famous, get the fame, or or become that that skill level, because that must have been such a transition mentally, right, to go from, I like doing this, to now I'm dedicating my life to this. You know what I mean? Because you start eating like a boxer. You start living like a boxer. You sleep like a boxer. You watch matches like a boxer, you know?
0: It's an interesting thing, actually. I've never thought of it this way. Uh, Like, when you mention it, it seems like I have actually uh, transitioned my mind from being something to being something else and better. But what actually happens is that the transition was really natural, especially if you're boxing over like 13 14 how many years That's for example eight years that consistency would automatically shift your mindset from being a an amateur to you know having it as a professional um not not the first uh, meaning the second sure meaning. sure 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 so it just happened naturally with the, with the consistency and obviously with the support of of other people who rec- recognize this talent Having those two things will allow you to be consistent. So the, I'd say consistency was the major key of, of, of you know, growing me up as an athlete and having the mindset and, and uh, staying up at my game.
2: And w- how difficult was it to convince that, because I cannot imagine that was an e- easy conversation to have with your family of saying, hey, you know what, <laughs> I believe yeah, yeah. I, can, I, can, I can achieve something here. I believe I, I can really become something extraordinary. Yeah go to True. the Olympics, get to everything else. Because I, I can imagine there was a lot of pushback. <laughs> oh, <definitely. laughs> I, c- yeah, I, yeah. I can't imagine any any father, mother, sister, brother would want to see their child True. on stage True. Being, being, uh, being, uh, having to fight.
0: Definitely. Uh, I'd say it was always a challenge to convince my parents about continuing this path of boxing. At the same time, I thank them so much for giving me the freedom and the you know the like opportunity exactly the opportunity to, to box and they were saying those as comments like uh, why should you box stop boxing especially but at the same time they were supporting me so their words was saying something else while their actions was saying some, something else so i really thank them for that actually my mother brought me to the boxing gym the first day I so I'm she sure she regrets it. that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me and me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's, that's <laughs> the thing. So, although her comments, obviously, she's 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 the mother, and any mother would would you know have that care towards their their children. But she allowed she allowed me to box. She allowed me to go and answer through that. Yeah, fantastic. They, uh, they always supported me. I'd say.
2: Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Now, now, going and looking into the future, d- do you, when you think about the Olympics, that how much pressure does it put on you are you are you worried about making the grade is that something you constantly think about in your mind or do you do hey you know what this is my path and i'm just gonna keep walking it you know what i mean Mm,
0: interesting yeah Um, i'd say it was it has it has been my aim throughout my boxing journey especially from starting from 2015 where i've seen that i've received some that let's say recognition by being sponsored etc it made me have a purpose. It made me have 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 a goal, and it became that real. goal was the Olympics. Mm. Obviously, it didn't happen yet. It's still a it's still a goal, while we're talking. But I do have a feeling that that it's a worthwhile goal, and I would definitely give it my best shot. No, to I agree. To make it, I
2: because I, you know I, because I try to put myself always in the guest shoes, and I always yeah. try to think about like if I would have to go back to to myself in 2013 or or to you to yourself in 2013 and say hey you know what one day you're gonna aim to get at the Olympics I'm sure at That's 2013 yeah. you'll be like <laughs>
0: yeah exactly but uh, but down the line you start having you start that dreaming that goal as a reality and you can see yourself being there so but the thing about the Olympics is not I I think some people might underestimate it because uh, it's really challenging to negative to the, to, the Olympi- to the Olympics, especially if you're coming from a country that boxing is not it hasn't been here since a long time like you're talking about 2019 the national team was established and you talk about other countries, especially in our continent Asia got countries like Kazakhstan Uzbekistan, these stan countries they had boxing since hundreds of years and especially with the Soviet Union was really known about the upbringing of, of the sport of boxing and, and you know getting that culture throughout the, the continent. And the Soviet Union I- were responsible for uh, the Cuban development uh, in their boxing. And I'm talking here about top nations in the sport of boxing. Um, uh, so oh, I wanted to remember my point actually. You so you so you
2: you're, you're you're messaging about um how it's difficult for oh, a small exactly. nation Thank exactly
0: you. so coming from a sport from a country where boxing is is a newborn it's so challenging to make it to somewhere like the olympics but with the right team with the right support with the with the like the proper planning and preparation everything is possible but at the same time that's, that's a goal that i cannot control mm, i i've heard that from a really good ted talk actually he said that if you want to make your goals happen stop thinking about your goals because your goals is out of your control and i can feel the same way with the point with the goal of the olympics i feel like this goal is out of my control however all all i can do or everybody could do to have a better chance at actualizing their goal is to change our behavior now so Okay sure I, I'm not sure if I can ma- if I'm going to make it to the Olympics however I can behave in a way right now that will align the opportunities that I could have from this point in time, that could lead me to reaching my ultimate goal. Y-
2: you know what I, I find very interesting when you say that, it, it reminds me very much of a movie called Pumping Iron, if you've ever seen it. It has Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, mm-hmm. and it was a semi-documentation semi-document- document about Arnold Schwarzenegger, his 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 path on becoming Mr. Olympia, I think number four or three, I don't know which, which one it was. Um, yeah, I think Dan is looking it up right now. Came out in 1973, 1977, close to it. And it was following his second, sorry, major competition in Mr. Olympia. So, so Arnold Schwarzenegger, this is the reason why I bring it up. When his biggest competitor at the time was Lou Ferrigno.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Lou Ferrigno was sitting, having lunch with yeah. his dad. Arnold comes in, sits down on the table with him and his dad and says to Louie, hey, you know what? I already told my mom I won. Before the competition even started, oh. he said, "You know what? I told my mom I already won. She was really happy. Everything else, and just playing mind games with Louis."
0: Wait a minute. Who is Louis? Is he is L- Lou Ferrigno?
2: Uh, yeah. He used to play th- the Hulk in the oh, mov- okay. in the TV show yeah, yeah. back in the day. Uh-huh. That could when That that really bad yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. TV show. Yeah. Can you look up uh, the Lou Ferrigno uh, Hulk if you don't mind, Dan? Hulk and then Lou Ferrigno. You have to put that in. Yeah. Lou Ferrigno. L O U. And then Ferrigno. Yeah, and then just look at images. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> okay, okay. I can see that. <laughs> okay, I can see that. <laughs> so so yeah so so Ar- Arnie went up to him while he was having lunch with his dad and just 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 you know pissing on his leg and just making him you know playing mind games with him yeah. and saying you know I'm, I'm so sure that I'm gonna win that I've already told my mom she was really happy blah 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 so I'm not yeah. gonna disappoint her so I'll make sure I'm gonna win you know <laughs> just okay. yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah he he had this like very weird mindset of, of always you know if I know that I'm gonna do it <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. There, there was no maybe in, yeah. in Arnold Schwarzenegger's, like, vocabulary.
0: No maybe. And did he actually won? Yeah, he won. So, he, like, he basically spoke his reality before it happened. Exactly. He
2: manifested wow. it, as, as girls like to say these days.
0: Wow. <laughs> manifested it. Yeah.
2: But, yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, so yeah that, that would be, like, Arnold's technique. He'd, he'd always, like, like, try to play mind games with you. So, when the competition day comes in, you're more focused on what arnold is doing than focusing on yourself and how well you're performing
1: mm-hmm.
0: isn't that amazing yeah what you mean in the perspective of you being his competitor or as his competitor because okay. him and
2: him and lou uh, at the would have to stand on stage and compete and compete okay. on who ha- on like different poses all this kind of stuff you really should rewatch the
0: movie it's r- it's really good okay interesting interesting so uh, so he caused uh, he caused lou to to focus on arnold exactly not winning not exactly uh, and then and him and winning okay, <laughs> which is interesting and, yeah. and it totally destroyed
2: totally destroyed his co- his, his ability to compete he, he 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 did the worst that he did in a long time in that competition it's fantastic it's really really fantastic that's
0: really interesting actually and a psychological kick to it yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it
2: really shows you how much of a bastard arnold was <laughs> <laughs> and that and exactly. that yeah he he did all kinds of weird stuff but we're getting away from from, from boxing well, yeah, yeah go
0: d- ahead. Uh, that that's something that you know i can see that i'm not like arnold in, in this in this situation because i like to be realistic some people might call it pessimistic but to be honest uh, i like saying that i would do my best to make my goals happen at the same time i do admit that I do not have total control over my goals because I can, can have a goal, but it may not happen because of external reason that was not actually my cause.
2: I, I totally right. understand where you're coming from, yeah. Ali, but, but I think that has mo- more to do with our culture in the Middle East. Yeah, I don't think we're we're I don't know what the right word. We're not as, as arrogant as, as other cultures are where, where they can make statements like I'm going to win, doesn't matter what happens, I'm going to win. You know, there's yeah. only that. There's no if. There's no maybe. There's there's no negativity. There's no pessimism. It's just that. It's, it's it's that. And there's you you find that in in very much not so much in Asia, but you find that more in Western cultures. The well, USSR is a great example of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's True. there there's a really good documentary I'll share with you as well that goes around um, the USSR competition on powerlifting. Mm-hmm. And can you check that up, uh, uh, Dan? I think it was in 19, it was during the Cold War. So just type in Cold War, powerlifting, USSR, Olympics. So the reason I bring it up is.
0: That hook is ugly. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Look at that haircut. So yeah, about that.
2: So can you tell me what year it was? 1955. Uh Okay. So, so. The, the reason I bring it up is because the, the Soviets at the time in order to, ri- to win inv- Invented the first doping mechanisms GHG testosterone yeah. blah 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 blood doping All this kind of stuff and the whole movie goes around how, how the US how the USSR the Soviets did it Killed it defeated everyone and then four years later. So so the the American trainer got the soviet trainer drunk and started to ask him about like what secrets blah 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 what was uh, your training schedule you know yeah. and and just kissing <laughs> his ass yeah. to get the information about what what they did and then the next year the u.s really went hard at it and then won yeah, yeah it's 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 wow. a really really I'll, I'll share it with you it's a really interesting yeah. documentary where, where it follows the coaches and they talk about the the 1950s and how that exactly happened but again, that's, that's again, like the, the, the athletes at the USSR just had that mentality, you know, yeah. we're gonna come home with gold, or we're not coming home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see that.
0: Yeah. And actually, even in boxing, I, I've heard that um, the Russian national team have been, I think, stopped from the, one of the Olympics from competing because of the doping. So it was, it was a significant problem they were, they were facing. And I'm not, and I'm not sure but it's probably one of the reasons why, 2028 Olympics, boxing would be uh, off off the list of the 2028 Olympics. And I think it's to do with the with the corruption that's going on, um, with the whole uh, IBA, which is the International Boxing Association. I think one of the corruption is the doping that's that's going on. So it's an interesting thing to to look at and. It's not fair to the athletes, you know? It's just not fair.
2: How do you think you? How do you think is the best way of managing it? If you were put into charge, you know, suddenly yeah. Ali here, he's head of head of Olympics, and he's being asked now, Habibi, how do we manage this problem? We have some nations that don't want to play fair, other nations who are trying to play fair. How would you try to solve it?
0: Well, um, I do not know. <laughs> Sorry to put you on the show. That's... Uh, <laughs> That oh, would line. be the first answer I do not know But I think I have to work with someone who knows <laughs> That's number one <laughs> But I, I'd, I'd, I'd say something like Putting assessments Many okay. of them okay. You know Putting a lot of assessments on the On the athletes Who are going to compete Making sure Before the fight After the fight And between the fight While they're sleeping Everything Assess them in terms of the uh, if they are doping or not and um, and yeah i mean that that's that would be something that i would do in if i was in that case assessments and just having the results there
2: uh, i w- if i was put into charge i would split the league into two
0: yeah
2: and i'd say hey you know what you can do whatever the fuck you want with your body you go in this league and, hey, you know what? If you want to complete honorably and, and, and just on your pure ability, this league, halas. Exactly. <laughs> That's the yeah. easiest way of handling it. Yeah. And if you're found cheated on, on the honorable league, then not only are you banned, but you're banned from life. And the country yeah. isn't allowed to come in for whatever, five or ten years, something yeah, like tha- that.
0: That would be fair. And, you know, like, especially w- sp- uh, when, when there's this kind of cheating in a sport like boxing, man, it's not really funny because those guys are... Like, boxing is not is not, is not a game like basketball or football. So I, it's we are fighting, you know? It's not a game. Like, my brain is is going through the risk at each time I step into a fight. And, yes, there could be something that, that, uh, that would be serious uh, in terms of having it as damage, you know, like brain damage or something. That's a risk every time I step in, in the ring. So cheating that sport is highly... Like it it should not be allowed And there should be strict rules Especially for boxing Because I don't know if you have heard about this But you don't play boxing Yes you play tennis You play football You play basketball But you don't play boxing Boxing is a tough sport in itself And it's really dangerous So having like strict rules going through Throughout the sport That would protect the boxers uh, Against cheating Obviously against these doping um behind the scenes that's that's going on it's really important because the safety of the boxers is the first pri- the pri- priority so what do you think about that
2: i, I i'm with you with with 100 percent behind that i think the safety of the boxer is is obviously the key in any kind of industry or sport because right the the only way you're going to sell tickets from from a business perspective if he's around long enough to be yeah. something people would want to see, right? Exactly. If, yeah. if he's burned out after three matches, <laughs> then what's the point, right? What's the, what's the point? Exactly. Right, it's then you might yeah. as well go do UFC or some other sport, right? Yep. Uh, uh, well, so I'm with you 100% on that. Um, I don't know what the right way of doing it is. A lot of people talk about that, that they should reintroduce bare knuckle box- boxing, because that would mean that people won't hit on the face because think about it if 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 it's if it's just your knuckles you you don't want to hit something that is just bone
0: yeah that's I guess,
2: that's yeah. the argument right. in saying that that's it's because of it's because of the the gloves itself that um it allows for for face blows and stuff like that prior mm-hmm. to i think i when was when was gloves introduced into boxing i think it was 1920s something around there prior to that all boxing was bare knuckle and there was very very little face blows involved
0: so it was mostly body body blows,
2: yeah and liver Hmm. which is not fun at all but uh, you know it was a different era back then
0: well i believe bare knuckle boxing is being a thing now the first
2: uh, yeah sorry first is 1743 my mistake but when did when did it become like just common not when it's, when they started like putting padding because that could be for training or whatever.
0: I believe a significant change was with the, if I, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken, mm. the Queensbury rules uh, was the rules that were involved to protect the boxers and the professional careers. But yeah, do you, do you believe,
2: do you wear headgear personally?
0: Oh yeah, 100%, especially for my sparring, uh, sessions hair gears is a must having the full boxing uh, gear is uh, i'd say it's really important for not only for boxers for any for anyone so if you Hamad wanted to do boxing uh, which i do person training by the way however if you would look at that sales pitch beautifully yeah, done <laughs> like a, a just pitch. a little there i love it i love it so so i would always ta- say to my clients whatever boxing level you're at you will have to invest in the best quality of boxing equipment that you can bring. And that would that would be your boxing headgear, your boxing mouth guard, your groin guards and your boxing boots, a good quality boxing gloves, I'd say fourteen ounce to sixteen ounce, with at least one eighty centimeters of hand wraps. So investing in a good boxing equipment before training is a must for anybody who wants to take the sport or even just to box for fun do, do you what do you think of
2: of what's the right word of your not competitors but your teammates or other people in your association who don't want to wear headgear during spas and stuff like that because they think to themselves hey you know what i don't want to have something on my face or i'm too lazy forget you know, about it
0: it's amateur I'd it's say. amateur yeah? yeah i think it's, it's amateur
2: i th- i'd agree with uh, you
0: however i i sometimes uh, refuse to wear headguards and it's because the headguards are 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 messed up so sometimes i would forget my own headguard so i would have to wear another person's headguard or in, or or just a headguard that's lying in the gym mm. which is not a good quality headguard so i would refuse to wear it in that particular situation but most like most of the time i always invest in good quality headguards good quality boxing gloves and they go lo- they go a long way so uh, yeah so we we
2: were just talking about the life cycle of a, of a boxer i I used to have a university friend uh, who was from Kazakhstan um and he was under 16 Kazakhstan champion mm-hmm. uh he was telling me that that his during his path the trainer was what the right w- what's the right word terrible to the point of not caring about the further life of the boxer that when he broke his 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 Uh, knuckle on his second on his uh, on his ring finger Um, the the trainer just told him who gives a shit wrap it and keep fighting and uh, I think he 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 won with a broken knuckle and he was saying that could have you know uh, ended my career potentially (laughs) the guy guy didn't care you know because for him what was important is that you know he was the trainer that trained the under 16 Mm champion in kazakhstan yeah but they obviously didn't give a shit about the athlete itself that's what made him quit boxing
0: i do get that some trainers won't give a shit about their boxers and um there's a fine line between not giving a shit completely or that you want your boxers to be tough and you know to um, to persevere those injuries that might come along the way well, at the end of the day, boxing, it has its own occupation hazard of, you know, getting injuries. It's it's not something that a boxer would be surprised from, you know. Mm. But um, I'd say it's the boxer's responsibility to take care of, of, of himself. That means, you know, when it comes to... I'm not sure if that person that you've mentioned, your friend from Kazakhstan, did, it, what, did that happen to him in the fight or did that happen to him in training?
2: During training. Ah, okay. And I still... Uh,
0: just The yeah. guy just said, I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> you keep punching. Yeah. Well, uh, talking about a nation like Kazakhstan, they obviously they are leading in terms of, of, of boxing. And uh, brutality,
2: I think. Both yeah. of them. So, so
0: they are leading in that, in that aspect. But that doesn't mean that they have the best practices. And I'd say, like, investing in your longevity in the sport by taking care of your safety and, taking and having that as your priority your responsibility because at the end of the day the coaches the people who are around you um, they will they won't let's say necessarily um, be with you in the hospital for two weeks if you had to they would come for a day just to check and you know as part of their you know responsibility but they won't experience the recovery time the times where for example if you have an injury in your shoulder you would be sl- trying to sleep every day and not feel the pain so you would go through all, all of these and that's a small injury what what about a bigger more serious injury like a brain damage or ex- etc so i i, I think it's the, it's the boxers responsibility to take care of their of their health and they have to take it seriously uh, to and,
2: and w- now from health i want to also ask you almost leading into it Which form of boxing do you personally train in and do you train your your clients then potentially in Southpaw, if they're left handed, I imagine. Uh, Yeah,
0: the first session would be um, I'd be assessing the client.
2: So let's let's go first with your personal and then we'll talk about the client just so it makes more sense, if that makes sense. Okay.
0: You mean personally?
2: So, wh- which which personal style of boxing do
0: you do? Oh, okay.
2: And then, which one? D- do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, it yeah, makes yeah. more sense.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, i am am um, a I'm a right-handed, normal person. So that means if I'm right-handed, then I'm an orthodox fighter. Mm. An orthodox boxer would have their lead foot and their lead hand in front of them, mm. and their rear hand and their uh, rear leg would be, be would be behind. Hmm. so the the reason why we stand this way in boxing is because it has like it makes your body more narrow which means you can get hit less instead of standing square and straight then you're a bigger target for your opponent so when you stand in that way you are a smaller target so it, it makes the hits um and more challenging for the opponent to, to hit you because you're just a uh, more narrow smaller target and uh, in terms of balance we stand this way because you know if a push comes in uh, if someone pushes you from the sides of or, or from front you'd be more stable uh, with your legs in that position and um yeah so i'm an orthodox fighter I, that's how i stand if you are south pole, the, o- the opposite like you yeah. would have your right and your leg and your your right leg and your right hand in front of you and your left hand and your left leg behind you. And, um, and yeah, it's strange because you would think that, oh, if I'm right-handed, then that, that means my right hand should be the dominant hand in front of me. But no, it's not the case, it's the opposite. And- That's for an order to lead on with a hook? Or yeah. with, w- okay. So your jab would always be your- Or a jab, yeah. Your front hand okay and how i go about my clients is that i first assess them in terms of are you right or left-handed and then after that we proceed with the style of boxing which is either orthodox or southpaw. i prefer my clients to be orthodox to be honest because i'm an orthodox myself so it makes life easier but if they're southpaw, then i would adjust myself to them
2: is is it m- from your experience is it for, w- when you're orthodox, more difficult to fight someone that is also orthodox or more difficult to fight someone who is southpaw? Oh, because yeah. you're, you're yeah. suddenly marrying yeah. somebody, right? Yeah.
0: It's more hard to fight someone who is the opposite boxing style. Yeah. So if I'm orthodox and you're southpaw, I'd be like, oh, shit. You know, like, it, w- it won't be a big problem, but it would be harder to deal with because...
2: You have less experience, I imagine, with it.
0: Not less experience. Um, pro- probably one of the reasons, but not the major reason. The major reason is because, um, yeah, y- I'm more used to fighting a person who is an orthodox himself, and going to a person who is South Pole might change the style of of attack I would be going, the choice of attack, the choice of defense would would vary. Mm, for the South Pole, um, they're accustomed to fighting orthodox, so th- they kind of have an advantage, mm. which leads to me, which leads me to Vazil Lomachenko, who is a, He's, uh, he's a, pro- a professional boxer from Ukraine. Mm. He was the best amateur boxer in, from the Olympics. And then he when he went to the professional boxing, uh, his father brought him up. His father wa- was also his coach. And he wanted his son, Lv- Lomachenko, to fight as a southpaw. Although he was a normal right-handed, uh, right-handed p- person. But he knew that being a southpaw would cause trouble to other boxers. They're not really used to fighting southpaws. <laughs> Yeah. So he, so he made sure that he, wa- that he had that start since he was young, a Southpaw boxer. So, and it's really helped him. Like he's, he's one of the best known boxers today in yeah. our generation. Amazing, yeah.
2: amazing. And what do you do with your rhythm? Do you try to lead the rhythm or do you try to follow the rhythm and then see when you can get to an opponent?
0: With the, r- with the rhythm, can I know what do you mean exactly?
2: So usually, as it's almost like boxing, from my understanding, very humbly. Yeah. It's almost like a dance, right? Where you yeah. try to see how that person is moving, where is he trying to go with, and you normally know, hey, you know, if he's doing one or two jabs, he's probably going to come with a hook, right? Or he's just going to keep flanking you and trying to create more distance than so he can back off to then make you lead in yeah. and then go in for, for, for wide yeah. or for... for um, or hook. So that's why I always wonder that from, from when you're fighting with someone do you try to set the rhythm and be on the attack and defensive m- play with mentally with them or do you follow their rhythm and then look for where where an opening is and then try to strike on it?
0: Yeah, that that depends on the boxer who's in front of me. Okay. So if the boxer who's in front of me is taller than me, yeah, there will be a different approach to that opponent. Of course. Basically, the rule book goes this way. Um... A taller boxer the the way i would be fighting that person is i would be closing up to to them to eliminate the reach advantage that they would have so i would close the distance apply more head movement and be a harder target to to catch while i'm closing the the distance and then focus on bent arm shots which are basically body shots hooks and uppercuts Um, i won't be using straight arm shots like jabs and cross because um he's a taller opponent And he would want to throw those shots, but not me. Um, If I'm fighting a shorter opponent, I would be utilizing my jab and cross a lot, which are straight punches. And it would would not be very smart for me to go for a bent arm shot, because um, I would be closing the distance, which will not serve me, because I'm the taller boxer. I want that distance. And that's the second type of boxer. And then if you fight someone who is in your in your own height then you can vary them you know you can go inside box inside body shots hooks uppercuts and then you can also stay in medium range to long range
2: do you do ever any kind of wide swings as well or is that too dangerous do you feel like and it doesn't have any real benefit
0: uh w- w- wide swings yeah. They meaning rolling w- main
2: rolling or or going for a complete out because that, that opens s- you up yeah <laughs> yeah
0: you're talking about those punches that, that happens in bars, right? Yeah. Like when a fight goes on? No.
2: Hardly ever. I mean,
0: w- yeah.
2: famously, um, I mean, you have the cross guard, but it's not very popular anymore. You have the peekaboo style, which is obviously what Mike Tyson yeah. became famous yeah. for, for his famous. Yeah. Uh, uh, because what Mike Tyson was also very famous for is wides. Because when he would find an opening, especially in a cross, he would he would maneuver his entire force of that huge ass body yeah. to 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 knock on that floor
0: yeah 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 exactly uh, but throwing like throwing if you wing your arms you know trying to catch an opponent that's not a really good way to go towards it because imagine if you if you miss what would happen is you're screwed yeah, yeah. If, if you miss you will basically twist with the punch And then that will make you in a position where you'll be really vulnerable to any attack that would come because you'll be out of shape your hands will be down you'll be exposed so not a good way throwing hooks well it still happens even though if you're a trained boxer you might sometimes swing and then you might miss and it happens a a lot so we train a lot uh, to how to control our punches so i remember uh, one of my one of my coaches uh, i remember working with me, especially o- specifically on this aspect, which is basically he gives me a target for a hook, and then he kind of uh, makes me miss uh, purposefully, and then he asks me to control my punch, not to swing, uh, not to t- not not to twist after missing the shot. Mm. So it's really advised to control your shots, so that even if you miss, you won't be like swinging your arm. So an element of control is um, is really important while you throw the punches because balance is everything and once you lose that balance you will be you're on done. your ass yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly
2: do do you do you have to do a lot of running on sand and stuff like that or is that just complete nonsense
0: Well it's advisable especially if you're if you're approaching a fight if you're approaching sure. a tournament you need to increase the intensity so training in on sand uh, beach sand etc that w- that would build your endurance or build your uh, your basically your athleticism but um you won't do it on a daily basis you know okay. and that's the thing most most people think if you want to be a boxer you have to train really hard every day really intense that's not the case to be honest uh, i feel like in my current set- situation because i had a fight i was supposed to fight ne- this month but got cancelled because of my injury so what I'm doing is I'm just maintaining my, my let's say. Conditioning. My conditioning by running every day, slow and steady runs every day, um, shadow boxing once in a while, just to stay in that.
2: You already answered my next question because I was exactly going yeah. to ask you about shadow boxing. Exactly,
0: <laughs> yeah. So shadow boxing is one of the best ways to to stay sharp and to, and to, you know, it's an alternative to running, I'd say, because you can go for three minutes, you know, Imagine uh, an opponent in front of you, throw hundreds of punches in those three minutes, and you won't just be throwing them. You would have a strategy. So you would think, of, uh, for example, I'm going to focus on jab, and then I'm going to slip and come back with a punch. So you would focus on that for, for three minutes. And, uh, I- and you do burn calories while, you sh- while you're shadow boxing. And yeah, I mean, the point is, you won't need to be really intense in your training if you're a boxer. You don't, you won't have to kill yourself every day in training. You you know, I like the Cuban way of 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 training. When they spar, they spar they spar really lightly. They won't go all in every single day. If you see them sparring, they nobody gets hurt. They just literally touch. And look at them in the Olympics. They convert a lot of gold medals in the Olympics. So it's all about having um, consistency. Consistency in training and that's why safety is really important and to enjoy your w- your way through training you don't need to in, to kill yourself every day you know to just slow and steady runs every day have and the mindset of learning and that's it
2: do, do you can you talk about how different it is compared to fighting you know an opponent or doing hard training than it is to fight in a live match because i imagine mentally there must be a huge difference huge
0: difference definitely so you're thinking you're talking about training and then a, a real fight.
2: Yeah. Or if you, if mm. sometimes on, on, on certain shows, you might have an opponent that shows up at your gym who just wants mm. to do a spa, right? That you're potentially going to fight, you know, six months yeah. to a year down the line, right? And they just want to gauge your, each other's skill and seeing where your weaknesses are. Not every boxer takes on the match. Some of them do and some of them don't.
0: Mm. So, yeah. I've never experienced that specific example where they bring a boxer in and then Do you mean that boxer would 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 be my opponent in the future? Yes, potentially. Ah, okay. No, that I never experienced that. However, I sparred many people. I've sparred different, uh, different boxers from different nations, especially when I go to my international fights abroad. We tend to spar with uh, with other nations, so uh, with other nations' boxers. So, um, I'd say there's a major difference between between like training and sparring. And you know, having a conditional, sp- condition sparring, which is basically, okay, Ali just throw jabs and Muhammad just throw, uh, just defend. That's a condition sparring. Sure. Um, there's a d- whole new different mindset that should be developed if you want if you're looking to fight, because what happens in fight, I don't know if you have heard that, but Mike t- once said, everybody has a plan until they get hit. Mm. So you might have the best strategy in the world but once you step in there to fight and your um, opponent lands a clean shot to your forehead that knocks your head back then you would start thinking of running yeah and that's where the psychological aspect comes uh that's hardwired in our human brain fight or flight mode when you're in fight or flight mode everything changes you would be everywhere in the boxing ring you would be in your sixth sense, you know you you'll see f- punches coming from uh, from miles away, and you'll be really uh, sw- switched on. So, or the other hand, you might be beat. You might get beat up. You might be really bad in the ring. So, once in your uh, once you're in that zone, you'll have to control yourself. You'll have to control your mind. You'll have to be really focused. And uh, a lot of. What I, how do I go about it is that when I perform in my best fights, or the moments where I've entered, I'd say the flow mode. Once I'm in the flow mode, I feel like I'm water. So when emotions are not really controlling me, when I know I will get hit, or in the case where I got hit, while I'm standing my guard in that boxing fight, I still manage to control myself. And put on my best game plan and that is of course developed by the t- way you're training and everything but once you're in the fight you have to be a different avatar you would have to step into your higher self whatever you want to call it but once you fight it's not a game it's really um, it's, it's scary for, 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 for any human to be in that situation so you'll have to be composed and ready to To fight, so it's different. I because I spoke to a few boxers
2: in the in the UK and and they said to me, and I don't know whether or not you can agree to this or you think it's differently. They said that one of the most scariest aspect in the match isn't so much facing your opponent. He said the energy that like the vibe, the the ambiance is when you walk into that ring. uh, These are like B C C level, but the bigger the crowd is. It's not so much that you're scared of of being embarrassed in front of people or anything like that. He said the crowd actively they want to see blood. You know what I mean? They they they're there to see a fight. You know, and and it, it, they were describing to me it's it's it it's such a weird intensity. That when you walk in and you have all these people who just you know, it, it puts in it, it really messes with your head. Yeah, and that's ha- how how they described it. They said it's it's uh, it, it, they could almost feel like like people want to see somebody get killed. Mm. That's how they described it. They said that they're they the audience is there because they they don't give a shit. <laughs> you can agree or disagree. They said they yeah. don't give a shit about who's the better fighter, who is this, who is this. They're just there to see a show and they want to see blood. That's yeah. how they described yeah. it to me, and it's t- and it really like like made me take a step back and yeah. go, oh shit,
0: yeah. To be honest, uh, I give all my respect to the audience, and I appreciate the audience coming to my boxing fights and cheering me, especially family and friends. Sure, sure, that's very different. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, but um, speaking truthfully, I don't give a shit about the audience when I box. Like, mm. I don't just, I don't just give a, crap. a yeah. crap about who's watching, and the intensity that they give me. Of course, it's there. I, I do acknowledge the audience. I do. I, I love the audience. How, ho- however, when I'm in my boxing shoes, going to a boxing ring, I forget about the audience. Oh, really? They don't exist to me. Yeah. That so is so interesting. Okay. Yeah. They don't exist to me. I don't even care about, yeah. I don't care who's in the audience until after the fight, you know? So they might be cheating me. They might be calling my name and everything, but I would just completely ignore that. You mm. have, you have to have that tunnel vision. You know, when you enter the ring, you have to have that tunnel vision. The only person you see is your opponent and um, the second person you see is your coach, and that's it, you don't see anybody else. Do you, so do you, do you walk into the ring thinking
2: I'm, I'm gonna kill this guy or you walk into the ring thinking I'm gonna fucking win?
0: Well, it's, it's never personal, it's never about the opponent. Because that's very different than Mike Tyson, because Mike yeah. <laughs> Tyson yeah. famously, yeah. <laughs>
2: especially that one time you s- with that fight when he just came out of jail? Yeah. Th- <laughs> He even yeah. he even said in <laughs> the interview. I'm just
0: here to kill him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well uh, Yeah, exactly. That's it's so <laughs> terrifying to me when I think about true, that. True. It is terrifying. I never want to fight Tyson. <laughs> but um speaking about that, yeah, when I enter the ring, I don't even think about the opponent. I think of myself having the best performance I can. Mm. Now that's uh, if, if if my opponent was a world champion or if my opponent was my teammate. I would focus on having the best performance I can uh, perform in that specific day, in that specific ring.
2: Do you, you, before the match starts, say you have a few months before, would you personally sit down and try to find videotapes of either training or or fights that that opponent did?
0: Yes. Okay,
2: so there is an aspect of that, to try to understand the psychology of your opponent, how he fights, what his rhythm is.
0: Yeah definitely i mean um especially international fights because you won't see much um videos of fights of boxers who are unknown who are just like that's your blessing
2: i guess right from being bahrain right that's your blessing not a lot of opponents can look up your fight so you're going in there right (laughs) they know every you know everything about (laughs) your opponent in that ring but they don't know nothing about you son
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love it yeah that's a good point actually but when I fought the world champion uh, from Azerbaijan, mm. it was a draw. Uh, it was an inter- international boxing tournament in Turkey, uh, in Istanbul. It happened last year, 2021, on March. So when I went there and they've drawn, like it was a draw, and I was matched with this world champion, ex Olympian, and y- he was like a, a top fighter in the amateur world, you know. So when I was matched with him. And I was told by my coach that, oh, Ali, you're fighting this person. He's a world champion, he's this and that. Um, I was ready to go, you know? I, I didn't back up or anything. I said, okay, sure, but that, that's the experience I'm looking for. I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> yeah, I didn't back, back up at all. <laughs> and then we had the privilege of having his fights on YouTube and everything, because obviously he, he is out there and he's known. So yeah, we saw his videos. I came to know about his style. He was a southpaw, i believe and he was a come forward fighter so we had some strategies put in place to box and that was the toughest fight i'd say i would imagine so yeah it was the toughest fight yeah
2: did you did you talk to him after to get some some key points on how he became an Olympian athlete and oh, how that changed speak,
0: it. He didn't speak English. Not at all. Not Shit. at all. <laughs> yeah.
2: You didn't you couldn't find someone who was a translator? Well
0: <laughs> <laughs> Azerbaijan, no, they didn't speak English. Shit. So I just we just did the sign language like, yeah, poop, fist, good job. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but yeah, it was a l- it was a learning curve, definitely. So when, when you fought him, could you could you how
2: big of a difference skill-wise is it compared to the athletes that you find here in the Gulf region
0: in terms of skills i wouldn't say he was a really skilled boxer but i would say he was was a damn experienced boxer he had he had the experience you know okay and that's that's the difference when a person is a fighter who has the experience is different than a boxer who is training in the gym and acquiring the skill because you might be so, so skilled but when you enter the ring you would need the experience of fighting and that's completely different as i said you have to tap into your higher self to to be in that zone of fighting you know um yeah uh, the to be honest boxers and fighters they're no different than gladiators in the past because you have to conquer that w- that fight or flight more you have to put yourself there at the end of the day i don't have to box but I choose that because it gives me that, that, um, the fighting spirit, or that, uh, that aspect that I need.
2: Because uh, uh, yeah. something interesting that you just brought up, and it, it really dawned on me as well, that being a boxer who fights olympically and being a professional boxer are two very different shoes.
0: Yeah, it's very different.
2: Right? Yes. And although it's the same sport and maybe even the same point system, and, and maybe even, who knows, you could get the same judges <laughs> yeah. who, who, who might be in, on both fields the 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 level of skill and your presence and your and your 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 whole at, not just the atmosphere your intentions are so very different you know one you're representing yep. yourself and the other you're representing a country true right yeah and and exactly and, and which one do you find more interesting interesting as a viewer or interesting, interesting as an individual as
0: yeah like as an individual which one do you think is well sure give me both so
2: I, I yeah. from from watching, I would more likely watch a professional boxer than I would watch the Olympics, just because it's the Olympics, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't even know <laughs> when and what and where because it's also badly, li- ba- really badly marketed, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I- yeah, True. There's a big aspect of that as well, yeah. right? And and how often does does a boxer fight in the Olympics, and how often can he professionally fight if he doesn't get hit too many times, three to four times a year, I'd imagine, if not more. Mm. And how often do you get to fight in the Olympics? Once every four years, or however many times you get to, to move up in that in that category. Yeah. Right. I mean, th- there's obviously that that is an issue. But personally, I would still say professional would yes. be more interesting to me.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, profession is the mainstream media that boxing is is experiencing. You know, it's the WBCs and all of that. I mean, all of the viewers are are having they know people like fred mayweather canelo exactly these yeah. guys because they are in the mainstream media and which, which is w which are also sanctioned with you know the wbc showtime etc so that's why people are mostly drawn to that um the Olympics I'd say it's uh, it's more of a degree kind of um, let's say an achievement that a boxer can have because if you're an, uh, if you're an Olympian going to professional boxing then you would have much more better, you would have a better experience. And your climb in that ladder would be much more easier just because you're, you have the pedigree, you know, like you came as an Olympian. So you should be able to box. Sure. You know, Because professional boxing, did you know that me and you today, we can turn pro tomorrow by just going to Dubai and signing a contract?
2: it's not just but you also have to get a boxing license obviously yeah yeah of right course. And, and then you but can get that contract to yeah, yeah. sign
0: but it's, like, it's that simple anybody can turn pro but not anybody can go to the Olympics sure so sure so you know that's why being an Olympian is just a big upgrade it,
2: it, I, I mean it's a status yeah. symbol definitely yeah I think it, I don't know how much it benefits you further on your career as from a professional boxer especially like perspective yeah right i mean maybe in the marketing material if if you won gold medal silver br- bronze whatever uh, maybe they use it like uh, i fighting blah 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 former olympian uh, champion of boxing uh, maybe that makes a difference from from a monetary perspective i d- i don't know if it makes a huge difference from being signed on or not or whatever else but i also am not in the industry <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just thinking yeah. from a marketing perspective, right? From
0: a, uh, from a marketing perspective, um, well, uh, I think yeah, it does. It it has a sig- significant impact on your um, reputation going to professional. Mm. And I'd say from an individual perspective, if I'm an Olympian, I know for a fact that I'm competent. You know, sure, sure, I'm competent sure. for professional boxing and and you know m- confidence if you if you're confident and competent you can go to the p- the, pro- the professional pathway easily i agree so being competent is a very big aspect and how can you have that of course if you're a if you're an olympian you definitely have that. that competence ability to box and
2: m- yeah. uh, sorry d- d- dan sorry to interrupt you um can you look up there's a really exp- can you w- there's a really expensive gym in, Amer- in america i'm trying to remember their name um can you look up uh, on Google, uh, uh, Dan? Can you look at the most um, expensive gym in America? Or really have your Instagram even loaded up yeah, for you? Free, yeah. Or maybe most expensive gym
0: brand? It's not the TMT. No, <laughs>
2: no, 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 Habibi. There's, there's a very famous gym that, that they hire, former Olympian Equinox. That's the one. Can you look that up for me?
0: Twenty-six thousand dollars for a year? What the hell?
2: Yeah, membership. That's only just. Uh, that's only. Uh, uh, just type in Equinox. You just have to type in Equinox. See, you just click on that link. So Equinox. This is one of the top gyms, I think, in in the U.S. They have a few branches in in London as well. <coughs> What's so special about them is that their personal trainers, are I wouldn't say majority, but a good percentage of them are all former Olympic athletes. Hmm. And so maybe um uh,
0: whatever. Do they allow their boxers to compete? Like do they have yeah, such yeah, yeah. programs? Yeah 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 so yeah. it's not just training for fun. No 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 it's it's they or th- training for fitness. Yeah absolutely they even
2: have sleep coaching. I don't know what that is, but they do <laughs> have sleep coaching. But yeah, I think uh, I think from a perspective of the the boxers, so they have like different tier levels. So which, d- and it's like a monetary number. So like one trainer costs X.
0: I like that actually. I I'm interested in this. Kind I can send it over to you if yeah, you yeah, like. Yeah, sure, sure. Do. So you don't have to
2: even take a picture. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So so I know that if you're a professional, if you're if you're an Olympic athlete, and you then become a coach with them. They pay, they they invite, I mean, you can apply, and then they they go through a training course of how they want you to represent their brand and stuff like that. And I want to say, I want to say, so don't quote me on this, but I want to say that an Olympic athlete coach makes per hour around 800 BD?
0: Probably. Something like that. Yeah, Something between 800 to... I haven't researched that. But I believe my previous coach was well-paid. So, so it's between,
2: yeah. th- that's per hour, and it's all clients are one-to-one.
0: Wait a minute, 800 BD per, per one session?
2: Per hour, yeah.
0: Oh, okay, I, uh, so I did not know that. So okay. at anywhere between yeah.
2: 800 BD to 1,000 BD. But don't quote me on it, because I could be wrong, and I might, I might very well be wrong, but but yeah, they, they uh, I mean, the, 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 uh, they're they get, they make good money. <laughs> mm, yeah. Can you go back to the Google search? And I think their coaches, they call them X coaches or Coach X. And then just type in on Google search Coach X or, or Olympic coaches. Just the same same thing. No, 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 Danny. Yeah, and then at the end just put Coach e X. by Equinox. Best personal trainers, tier X fitness coaches. Yeah, that's the one. I might be totally wrong with the pricing, by the way. Can you scroll down? This is just a video. Uh, real life, okay, blah, 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 blah. One year scientific research confirmed, blah, 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 blah. Okay, down. Did do, do they have a cost or anything like that associated to it? This is just further marketing. Yeah, they, ma- they don't even mention the price, so it's got to be expensive. <laughs> <laughs> my dad used to say that yeah. to me. My dad always used to say, if it, if it doesn't have a price, it's too expensive for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and now in my 30s, I tend to agree with you, dad. <laughs> you, just, you do agree? I agree 100%. <laughs> if it doesn't have a price listing, I don't want it. <laughs> yeah,
0: it reminded me of this my experience in Harrods, man. And I w- I went there just was checking the bags and Harrods in the UK. They didn't have any price tags. So mm-hmm. I, I was asking them like how how much is that? And the and the person working there was, was explaining to me the deep the the deep history of how this particular bag was made. <laughs> like the crocodile leather and how the crocodile was living in the forest and then they caught the crocodile and it went to the factory. I was like, Okay, how much is it? And and he was like uh, 60,000 pounds I was like Oh okay Do you have a uh, specific color You know Do you have this particular color And he said no I was like Oh sorry I don't want <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love oh, how yeah. you I <laughs> 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 That's a question I was like Oh that's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Just
0: tell him about Impossible color yeah. like, He most probably say no So that's a good So what
2: if he said yes then he uh, would have. I'll <laughs> have to think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you have bags that could fly? No? Okay, sorry. I'm not I'm interested. I'm not interested. <laughs> How much
2: are you willing to pay, sir? We can figure something <laughs> out. Yeah.
0: Shit.
2: I, I mean, I remember. So, um, one of the businesses I, I almost started with a friend Yeah. was in textiles and denim jeans. And to do market research, we went to Harrods to look at some of the jeans there because we wanted to do an up a brand thing they had jeans there that were somewhere between five five to ten thousand bd why just one pair of jeans and it was and i was asking the guy about it i was like what's so great about these jeans yeah he's like listen he was like listen you don't you you don't understand uh they've already been worn for like five years and i was like wait (laughs) what (laughs) that's what i was like is somebody famous for it and he was like no 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 um uh, jeans get better as they're worn, they're like aged wine, and so they buy these like worn, je- like worn jeans and then they wash them and all kinds of stuff and then they sell them for like a amount of money. I had that same face expression as, as you did
0: <laughs> as well. Well, I, I, well, did you get convinced?
2: No, I, 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 I was upset and I walked out. <laughs> 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 I was like, this is nonsense, yeah. get out of here. What's the name of the shop? Harrods. It was downstairs. Oh, ha- Harrods as well. Yeah. Okay, okay. But where else are you going to find that kind of nonsense? Yeah, true. true. Right? Well, Harrods or Selfridges? That's the only two places that has crazy stuff.
0: I do value quality, to be honest. Like, um, That's one of the things that... You want to buy a pair that. of
2: jeans that's been worn for five years? That's high quality yeah, right there. No.
0: Well, uh, no. That's 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 something that... Well, I mean, it might be high quality to an to other segment. Mm. But, yeah... I, I would invest in stuff that are high quality, but Dan also being realistic, you know. Dan, look warm. that up.
2: Uh, uh, why are worn jeans so expensive? Isn't that amazing to have Dan?
0: So, are we all, do we have like 10,000 dinars because we <laughs> we get our old jeans, jeans, you mean? Own, yeah. As
2: popular uh, leisure wear and increase in sales has decreased, so designers have brought back vintage style dress jeans as a way to increase prices and appreciate exclusivity in the end, basic economic driven of new fashion trends. Hmm. So I don't know what, but that doesn't really, that doesn't really answer my question. Yeah, well, Dan, yeah. you keep looking, well, finding my answer to what I'm looking for and we'll keep having a conversation. Yeah. Don't click your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> he got upset. Zahal.
0: <laughs> <He got laughs> i
2: was like I just, just let me be on my phone
0: yeah. <laughs> that's the thing like uh, are, are, is this a product development strategy or is it like a market development
2: i don't know I, it's just i think a m- way to make things exclusive and justify a higher price hmm. can you type in five thousand dollar jeans i know th- i know fear of god brand does these
0: fear of god
2: yeah hmm. they're like a street fashion brand Ah, cheap, three thousand BD. You can, you can. (laughs) Ah, wow. (laughs) No
0: man, that's
2: just get three. The nine hundred dollars jeans, rich guys can't stop wearing the most expensive jeans in the world. I wouldn't buy that. Would you buy that
0: for three thousand? No, fuck off.
2: What am I? You can buy a car. What am I going to do with three jeans?
0: To me, it doesn't make sense, but it might make sense to other people. So.
2: It's not going to, can, uh, can you open the fan fetch $8,000 jeans, it's on the left, the first one on the left, up, left, 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 that's right, that's the one. Oh, perfect, Ah, oh, mumtaz. To be honest, you know what, I have to admit something. What? They do look like money.
0: They look good.
2: They look like money. I don't know if they look good, but I would I like if 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 somebody would be wearing them and coming up to me, I would look at those jeans and be like, "Yeah, they probably cost money." Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. think they cost almost 10,000 fucking dollars, right? But
0: you, would, you, but you would think it would be kind of expensive.
2: I would think like $500. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would think like maybe 200 BD jeans. That's yeah. I wouldn't think uh, like if somebody would come up to me and be like, yeah, no, ten thousand
0: dollars. <laughs> yeah. I, I would be that guy's best friend, you know.
2: Really? I I would <laughs> be terrified of that guy. <laughs> if true. he's willing to pay ten thousand dollars for a pair of jeans, then I don't know w- w- where we're gonna be. <laughs> yeah,
0: true, true. To be honest, I would take that same amount and invest it in myself.
2: But what happens if he leaves you with a bill? Like he got for dinner or something like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh,
2: man! <laughs> wait you don't want to pay thirty k
0: for our dinner <laughs> Ali what's going on <laughs> what's going on Ali? <laughs> exactly <laughs> no no, no <laughs> you don't have to spend this much to to you know to look good I'd say uh, investing in good quality clothes is necessary I'm with you one hundred percent but I don't know, would you? I mean, that uh, it just doesn't make sense ha- having that amount of money paid for a material that could be replaced with a decent pants for more than half of the price. I,
2: l- I, d- I love the idea of buying them and then putting on like 5 kgs so you can't wear them anymore because you're too fat. Imagine that,
0: that <laughs> would suck now. That would suck now. <laughs> and then ha- you have to cut a portion of that pants to pay a person t- personal trainer or, or
2: <laughs> to trade you or the other way right you're just about to compete right you yeah. won the match whatever you've been on hardcore weight loss and now your favorite hair
0: sheets <laughs> yes. that you had all that money on you can't wear because they'll just pull off exactly. your pants unless if if, if that ten thousand dollar pants could be flexible and it could you know match my no 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 that,
2: that that one is 15k i
0: <laughs> or should, or should not 30k <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. If
2: you want the flexible ones, I mean that's premier. We can't yeah, offer you these yeah, ones. Come, come on,
0: like 30k. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Can you show me what else this far fetched brand has? I want to see some more of this stuff. I like how it has a sale. <laughs> <Does that laughs> have a sale? Yeah, let's oh let's look God. at their sale. Let's look at their sales. Let's let's look how cheap it is. Oh perfect. Thirty percent. Eight hundred dollars for a pair of slippers.
0: Abe. Well, buying this t-shirt will give you the faith that it is good quality. Like I when you I touch ro- it and you put it on, you can at least trust that it will be good quality.
2: No, I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a second, Habibi. I think really? that I think this is just like branding nonsense. I think it's just name. Yeah. I don't think the quality is, is, is good. In fact, if you like, I can introduce you to a friend of mine. Um, she worked for chanel as a designer and she was telling me the last thing that chanel cares about is quality really? it's all about branding she said you'd be surprised on how many like high-end goods she can like show you the stitching of clothing and point you out when is like a cheap stitching and when is an expensive ch- stitching yeah and she said like most of these like high-end brands have terrible terrible stitching
0: wow most of them yeah whoa is, is it really terrible?
2: That's what she said. I mean, I can ask and get a confirmation. Yeah. We, we can do some, we, we can do a research and get like <laughs> two, or three shirts at different price points. Yeah. Do a real investigation <laughs> yeah, and re- study yeah, on yeah. it.
0: That's the thing, because even ni- Nike, as simple as Nike, um, you know, if you buy a T-shirt that, they sell basic T-shirts, like white T-shirts with a swoosh on it, right? Hey. If you remove that swoosh, that T-shirt would cost you one dinar. Yeah, exactly. You know? Instead but with of the 10, is 20. Exactly. So they, we really actually, you're not buying the t shirt. We're buying that, that brand, that, that label. That swoosh, exactly. Yeah. And um, branding is really powerful, you know. Where yeah. would you wear this? Yani? Well, I like this, to be honest. I would wear this. But where? But where? But where, Habibi?
2: Who would let you in? Um, Bushido is not going to let you in. They're going <laughs> to. They go, <laughs> what are you wearing your sleeping uh, clothes for?
0: Sleepy clothes, okay.
2: Do you think so? It looks like a pajama. Yeah,
0: yeah it does to
2: a degree, true. Um, I don't think w- I don't think Valentino is gonna sue us for talking bad about their yeah. company. But
0: to, but, to, but to be honest, I I wouldn't mind wearing such clothes. Um. For specific events, I won't I won't mind it. Yeah. I'm flexible towards cl- clothing, to be honest. Yeah. So if you wanna buy. If you you want to have buy it, it to me, bro, but go have go Habibi. Buy you're it. you're worrying <laughs> me.
2: That's this is this is the attitude that so many boxers have, and then they go broke. and They're like, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> that attitude. As soon as they make money, they go to Valentino and fucking buy this nonsense.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, this kind of it looks like a pajama shwey <laughs> Habibi, where would you wear this? But you know what? Does this give us as, as an impression? It yeah. gives an impression that this guy doesn't give a shit about people. Yeah. And he's here for his own. Self or comfort, you know. Okay. So that it has, it has, it has that vibe to it, huh? So,
2: so you you want to wear in something that people would, would look at you and then be like, oh, he doesn't give a shit about people here and doesn't show them any respect, anything like that? Is
0: if, <laughs> if, 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 I, if anybody come anybody I'm gonna tell them. Do you guys know how much did I get this for? Yeah. You know. And then they will uh, laugh at you. <laughs> 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 They'll bring me. I bought them. <laughs> You Full circle. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, if, if I saw a guy who's wearing that, he, I'd be interested, you know? Like, I, I would want to know what's, what's wrong with him, you know? <laughs> First, <laughs> like, I, I would, I'd want to know about his, his choice of decisions. Like, why, why did he mm-hmm. decide to wear that? What led to that point yeah. in his
2: life that he feels like he has to go in
0: pajamas out and about yeah. in town? Yeah, and it's a character, right? He stands out, so it's, it's a nice thing.
2: But do you really want that kind of attention though? <clears throat> um think about it. Like like let's 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 give it a second to think about, right? You you finish your boxing match, right? MashaAllah alik. uh yeah. golden Olympic, everything, boxing, woo! <laughs> you go for your tour, <laughs> autograph, signing, and then you're wearing this. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Interesting. Well, or to be honest, voila, yeah, mean. I don't mind it to be honest. Especially if I have a. Like,
2: so political of you. Yeah. I love it. Well, I'm <laughs> good. I'm like, even, I-
0: even my sisters, uh, like they, they always tell me that, oh, you're a kind of person who doesn't, like, you have the courage to dress in whatever way, you know. Uh, I, I, I do have, not this specifically, but um, a specific type of clothing that, that's a short with this kind of t shirt. Off you, top and and I do wear it, but not everywhere. Sp- specific places.
2: You know what it is? It's it's this Hawaii Hawaiian design. Yeah. Right. And you you either are two people. You're either either kind of two kind of people who wear this kind of clothes. Either you're a billionaire, or you're broke. That's the only type of people. No in between. There is yeah, no in between. Yeah. You know. <laughs> There's no guy who's who's working nine to five in an office. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that goes out <laughs> like this It's one or the other yeah. It's one or the other Either you're bankrupt Or you're a billionaire Yeah true Right And, and it's the roll of dice <laughs> Because true, they're often true.
0: Exactly the same <laughs> Yeah But but you know These type of clothes They look different in reality You know When you see them in reality They would have a different Kind of texture to it Sure. It, it it might reflect the quality uh, of the quality. Try it habibi. Try I selling try it. it. You're trying to sell yeah, it hard. I I trying to convince it to, buy, to this buy it to me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: you can walk around in pajamas. <laughs> but no place is going to let you in. You think that the 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 whatever what's that club called again by by um the Ritz Trade of X Uh-huh. Do you think Trade of X is going to let you in dressed like this?
0: I think we'll have to bring a second outfit. Outfit, exactly. Right. Just, yeah. just, just, just in case.
2: Yeah. They yeah. won't even let you win with shorts. So they're not gonna Bahrain let you in with
0: pajamas. Ministries in Bahrain don't allow you with shorts for a reason. Yeah. you yeah. know that?
2: I don't. I, I don't know why. I they're they're so against it, especially
0: with the I don't know why. Lish, I mean, they the I do I I I I I but a problem And there was a problem I had to fight back a thief that entered my friend's home Not fight back, but uh, I I had to be there So we had to go to the police station to, to like inform them about the situation So I went with shorts because obviously it wa- I wasn't planning to go to the police station and They asked me like, oh you can't wear shorts here told them. Well, I have a problem today, so you know, ex- ex- excuse <laughs> me. <Anna. laughs> Someone's dying, so ex- ex- excuse the shorts, yeah.
2: <laughs> Promise, it won't happen again. Who you're coming there for a job interview. He's giving you <giving laughs> any kind advice? He's
0: like, <laughs> <laughs> show. <laughs> وقلت طالع
2: twenty five degrees outside I don't know did he want you to come in with ثوب يعني شوي
0: the thing is يعني was late night so <laughs> 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 I like the idea Of you showing up At 3
2: a.m. in the morning Right And then he's like You know what <laughs> you Dress a little better If you're coming here This is not <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's
2: not your cousin's house Why are you coming here Dressed like this <laughs> Go back home Put on your pajamas Come back and again Come back <laughs> <laughs> But there's There's some crazy stuff There's some crazy Crazy stuff I, I I don't know I don't know do do you are you at all worried ever in your life that you're going to be in a position that somebody will request of you to get a fight fixed?
0: A what? Sorry? Fight fixed. A fight fixed. Yeah. But what does that mean? Sorry.
2: So that you go down at, at X round.
0: Um, the, like, no, I wouldn't to be honest. If it's anything that's not internationally standardized, cetera, I wouldn't accept
2: because there's 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 been a lot of talk that supposedly um the recent fight the recent fight that Mike Tyson had mm. people are cl- I mean this is the problem right once a fight has ever been fixed now everyone thinks that every fight is fixed, fixed. you know what i mean yeah, yeah. And, and and so i always wonder from the perspective of an athlete you know what happens if your coach or your organization or your rep- or, your, or your representative says hey you know what I mean, if if you don't go down in the third round, not a problem. We're, you're just not gonna get another fight. Do you know, okay, yeah, <laughs> you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because I I don't think I, I, because the last person who I think intentionally does it is a fighter. True. Right? Yeah. It's 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 all the organizations on top of it, and because there's not a lot of like 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 um, scrutiny, mm-hmm. you know, there's no checks and balances put in place. There's no reviews done. Nobody knows exactly how the setup
0: is, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's yeah. that's you're talking about a scenario where the fight is fixed, meaning the opponent, like they know who will win. Exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't th- like this idea to be honest. And it's what do you think about that? It's, uh, it's just a waste of time pe- for people watching it, right?
2: No, I w- w- my thinking is that I'm 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 the most person that I'm worried about is the fighter in that scenario. Because the oh. fighter, right, he doesn't get a decision because either you do it or you're out of a job, right? It's not him setting up the scheme. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so that's what, what really hurts me. And, and, and the, if the crowd or the public ever finds out, who do they blame?
0: True. However, do you think um, in that particular fight, do you think the boxers know that the fight is fixed?
2: I think so. Wasn't there a famous case? Uh, can you look up who was Mike Tyson's manager? You remember that sh- there was that short black guy with his hair was all crazy?
0: Short black guy? Is he I black?
2: Yeah, he was, he, was, he was a black guy with glasses.
0: I know Kastemato was coach. So oh.
2: That's yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that dude. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't he fix fights? Can you can you look up his name? Don King? I, uh, by the way, if, if he didn't fix fights, we're going to have to obviously take this part out because
0: <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> get sued by Don King. <laughs> you have to fix his hair.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did steal as well. He stole money from Tyson as well. Did he? Yeah, it, it says it right there. Oh. Uh, no, partly due to manslaughter convicted civil cases against him, allegation of dishonest business practices by numerous bo- boxers. He, can he can you type in fight fixer? Or if he fixed any fights? He yeah, he's a promoter, but d- I'm just wondering if he also fixed
0: them. I really, despite yeah. the... Huh? I, I despite the external yeah, see? figure of how boxers are treated like the, let's say, I don't know how to call it, but they're like, they treated like the Do you know a hand fight have you seen a hand fight Yeah 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 Some boxers are treated like just another commodity Yeah yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. the organizations and the people who are involved the managers they're taking an the upper hand and controlling the the paychecks and everything and that aspect I just hate in the prof- in the professional boxing world like the boxer has no control has no power and then we hear stories like Floyd May- Mayweather when he you know, he he, st- he chose to become his own boss instead of having a manager above him where you get inspired because the boxers should be the people that are having the most amount of control in terms of how much they get paid and, and what to accept, what to not expe- accept, et cetera.
2: Uh, uh, listen, uh, you know, one of the things that, that this touches exactly what you're saying, a lot of people sit in your chair, I hear a lot of the same s- rhetoric or statements going, you know, wasta this, wasta that, mm. I cannot get this because of wasta, and I cannot do this because of, you know, lack of wasta. Mm. And I always th- think to myself, and I also say this a lot of the times, this is not just Bahrain. Kul alam is like this. The whole world is all like this, right? It's all about who you know, right? You're pers- if you're a fighter and you already know a f- fight promoter, then your chances of making it is much higher than a guy wow. who is a fighter who doesn't know anybody, right? Yeah. This is higher. This is, this, is yeah. this is the life. Right, And the same thing with, with what you're saying in and that, and that if, if you're a fighter like Mayweather and try to start your own company, the rest of the industry is going to shun you. Why? Because they don't want their fighters to start getting any clever ideas and, and start being their own promoters.
0: Yeah, Right.
2: true. true. So, so uh, there's, there's a very famous thing with Netflix as well that you bring it up um, with a movie director who produced three different movies for Netflix, but he wasn't allowed to do the distribution. Distribution basically mm. meaning that you know the 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 that they that they hire voice actors to do different voices for different languages. Mm-hmm. You know, in Arabic, and English, yeah. and Chinese, whatever, whatever, whatever. Chinese isn't a language, but Mandarin. Yeah. So so, and and they also do you know the resolution because when you watch a Netflix show on your phone, it's different than we watch it on a TV, mm. meaning that it has to be rendered again for a different format right? And so that's what a distribution company does. Netflix only has about seven or eight distribution companies that they work with. And if you're a film director, they'll pay you money, you can do your movie, and if you come to them and say, hey, you know what? I want to distribute it. I want to be, d- I can do the stuff that you need me to do. I can make sure it's, it's in all these languages, I can make sure it's all this. They'll say, no, forget about it. We don't forget want about to. It. Right? You, you can choose one of these seven or f- don't, c- don't produce the movie. Interesting, so no?
0: That's actually interesting.
2: But that's that's quite cool high like that. That's
0: everywhere. That's everywhere, yeah.